This is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you a voice. Everyone has got a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that, even in the tough moments. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. Pompey serve up a second half humbling to go seven unbeaten with a convincing win over Reading in front of a bumper crowd of Fratton Park. All buttons come and dropped it and Bishop's put it in the back of the net and Colby Bishop has his 16th of the season. Four goals on Saturday and now four wins from four as the Blues maintain their six-point lead at the top of League One. Plenty of reaction to come on tonight's show including the thoughts of captain, goalscorer and now father-to-be Marlon Pack. When we got to grips with it, and I think we were more in the front foot, um, you see we were very clinical in the moments that, that counted. Stay tuned to hear that interview in full, which includes how the skipper announced his family's exciting news. We'll also listen to what John Bassinio had to say after the game at the weekend. He's been singing the praises of his Norwich Loney, who managed a hat-trick of assists against the Royals on Saturday. Really pleased with Abs when he gets at players like he did for the first goal. He can glide past them. Physically, he's great. Technically, he's great. His work rate is right up there. So, another win for Portsmouth men on a weekend where, you guessed it, there was another win for the women. Assistant boss Kim Stelling talks us through yesterday's emphatic victory over Chatham, which saw over 900 file in to watch at Wesley Park. It's amazing. Having that many supporters, you can hear them behind you, it's, it just gives a massive lift to, to us as staff and us as players as well. And we'll round off tonight's show by hearing from Chairman Michael Eisner. He was in town last week to watch the Blues' last two matches, as well as yesterday's spectacle too. Having both the men and the women at the top of the table, we should probably either pinch ourselves or write it on every wall or put it in every notebook, because how often does that happen? Lots to sift through tonight as we mark the start of another big week for Portsmouth Football Club. We're at the business end of the season now, and things are starting to get a little bit real. Welcome to the Football Hour, with you this evening until 7 o'clock. The Football Hour. Driven by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now from the App Store or Google Play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey. Express FM. Yes, good evening. Welcome along to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM. All the reaction to come tonight to big games that have taken place across the city this past weekend. We'll start off with Saturday's action at Fratton and come on later to the events that unfolded at Wesley. And as always, Blues fans, we'd love to hear from you between now and seven. All the usual ways, it's 81400 on the text. Start your messages there with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com. Post on X using at expressfm, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Or the best way to get in touch is via the ExpressFM app, available now for free on the Apple app and Google Play Store. We start off the show with a revisit of the men's last encounter. A crowd of 20,113 were at PO4 on Saturday, the highest league attendance at Fratton Park since December 2009. John Massinio made three changes from the side that beat Cambridge United by three goals to one four days prior. Tom Lowry and Miles Peart-Harris out with injury and Cassini Yengi dropped to the bench, allowing Owen Moxon, Callum Lang and Colby Bishop to come back into the starting eleven. And after two games away, Guy Whittingham was back in the commentary booth alongside Andy Moon. Every kick left a great delivery. Every goal. Curling it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh, and I believe it! Pompey Live. What a moment for Pompey! On Express FM. Josh Smith blows his whistle and we are underway 
between the side top of the league and the side who have been probably the most impressive in the form table. The shot's going to come from distance here for Reading as Aziz drives to the penalty area, shoots, and Norris saves, still there in the penalty area. And Ahir Batterman's ball in is nothing more than a back pass. Right ball for Pompey, Bishop into the area, Bishop's left foot, could save Button, that's a chance. Reading probably impressed more than anyone else at Fratton Park, and Makairu is coming forward, chance in the box, Nibs lays it back, edge of the penalty area, Ahir Batterman tries, surely he gets the shot away, goes wide, cross comes in, chance! How's that gone over the bar? What an opportunity for Makairu, and Reading have blown it, nil-nil. Dangerous wing wanting to get a shooting chance into the area, great chance for Reading, great save, Norris. Aitya Batterman can't turn it past the goalkeeper corner. Kamara steps over it, it is a shot, and it's punched away by the goalkeeper with Bishop flying in, and it's behind for a Pompey corner. Kamara drives forward, this is good from Abu Kamara, to Lane on the left, chance for Lane in the box, shoots, into the net! under pressure from Pack and plays a hurried ball and gives it away. Lane for Portsmouth, Lane shoots just wide. You can see why he wanted the shot there, Lane. And that is the end of the first 45 minutes here at Fratton Park. Here's Kamara down that right wing, two in the middle, a third arriving. Kamara, can he get the delivery in? Pack saying, give me the ball. Here is Pack outside the box. Pack driving past. Pack, what a goal! What a magnificent goal! Kamara's got Lang in field, Lang into the box of Portsmouth. What can Lang do? Shot scores! Callum Lang! Reading give the ball away. And Callum Lang has his third Portsmouth goal. And surely Portsmouth are heading for a sixth win in seven. Portsmouth three, Reading nil. Left-handed near from Pack. Which one in good delivery? Headed by Shockerty. He misses it, Bishop misses it, and it's behind. Aziz stands over it. Wing to hit it. inches away from giving Reading a way back into this game, but it is not. Lang trying to come forward for Pompey outside the Reading penalty area, the left corner. Lang into the box, nice run, loose ball. Sadie picks it up, Moxon wants it, Moxon hits it just over the bar. All buttons come and dropped it, and Bishop's put it in the back of the net! And Colby Bishop has his 16th of the season. Buttons claiming he was fouled. Referee's not interested. Portsmouth 4, Reading 0. Oh, and Norris's clearance isn't the best. It's drawback goalwards and in. And the clean sheet won't happen. Charlie Savage has pulled one back for Reading. Side-footing it past Norris, who stood on his knees frustrated because he came and couldn't get there. And Savage scores against Portsmouth for the second time this season. It's Portsmouth 4, Reading 1. But there is no time for Portsmouth to take the corner kick because the full-time whistle is blown by Josh Smith, the referee. It's more than job done for Portsmouth. It's job comprehensively done for Portsmouth. They've beaten Reading by four goals to one. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live.
on Express FM. Yeah, the highlights there from Saturday afternoon's 4-1 victory for Portsmouth men over Reading at Fratton Park. Let's go through the uh, other results in League One, then a full complement of uh, fixtures in the third division. Bolton Wanderers held uh, by Charlton Athletic at the Tough Sheet Community, Community Stadium, 3-3. That um, scoreline over there. Carlisle United defeated by four goals to nil at home to Cambridge United. Cheltenham 3, Port Vale 2. Derby County 1-0 winners at home to Stevenage. Very late on a goal for the Rams at Pride Park. Fleetwood Town 1, Barnsley 2. Leighton Orient 1, Burton Albion 2. Lincoln City 1x to nil. Northampton Town 3, Bristol Rovers 1, Peterborough 1, Blackpool 2. Shrewsbury Town 0, Wigan Athletic 1 and Wickham 0, Oxford United 0. Taking a look at the league table then, Pompey remain top of Skybet League 1. Their gap to second place remains at six points. Derby County, now the team that occupy that second position. Uh, they have 66 points on the board, one game in hand on Pompey, um, and the Blues have 12 matches remaining this season. Bolton in third, they are now nine points behind the Blues with three games in hand, one of those taking place tomorrow evening away at Cambridge. Peterborough United, after four defeats on the spin, winless in their last five, dropped down to fifth position. They've only got 56 points on the board, 16 points behind Pompey with two games in hand. I think you can not discount Peterborough from the uh, the, the title at the moment, but they're certainly no, nowhere nearer than they were a month ago. Oxford United are back into the top six as things stand after two defeats on the spin for Stevenage. Down at the bottom, Carlisle United, they're rooted to the foot of the table after six consecutive defeats. 20 points on the board, now 13 points adrift of safety. They're joined by Fleetwood, Port Vale and Cheltenham Town in the drop zone. And Saturday's opponents for Pompey, uh, away from home, Cheltenham Athletic are in 20th position, only one point above the drop. And uh, Cheltenham Town and Port Vale below them both have games in hand. So the addicts are in real, real trouble. But we're going to talk about them on Friday's show. Instead, this evening, we're going to focus on the events of Saturday's game at Fratton Park. And uh, alongside us this evening to go through all of those goals and all of the action uh, from that game at PO4, I'm delighted to say back in the country, um, is uh, Kev Stokes. Kev, good evening. Hello, Jake. Nice to see you, mate. Back in Portsmouth City, a bit better than Sin City. Yes, yeah, slightly different. In a way. But, um... Yeah, no, it's good to be back. Good to be in the studio. See the mm. excitement in your eyes, actually, because yes. we haven't been together for a while. I've been on the phone for the last couple of shows, mm. but uh, no, brilliant. Nice to be here. Just exciting to look at the League One table at the moment, Kev. Seven unbeaten for Pompey, four wins in a row, 72 points on the board. And you start to look at that now, 12 games of the season remaining. The teams below the Blues dropping points week in, week out. Over the last three match days, um, two out of the three opponents you think are going to catch Pompey have dropped points and one of them has sort of won their respective game. Things are happening and, and you, the Blues have got to focus on their own game, yes, but it also helps that the teams below them are you know, messing up from occasion. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. If we look after our own, you know, our own case and uh, let the others fight amongst themselves for the uh, other spots, but it is looking very, very good, mm. and we're playing some great football. Mm. And uh, you will, of course, remember uh, Kev's voice from uh, that ET show. He'll be on this evening from nine o'clock. Looking forward to that one. And uh, another voice you'll uh, recognise on Express FM. George Wedlake is on the football hour again. George, good evening. Good evening, Jake. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. A bit of an Express FM takeover. Yes, on, it is. on Express FM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah you, you watched the game on Saturday. Um, you were the, the man behind the desk for us on Pompey. That's Live. right. Yeah, um, I was watching it here from Express Towers. Yeah. What? What a game. Unbelievable. 
I mean, it could have gone another way. Reading were kind of putting us under the cosh for the first 20 minutes or so, but it's nice to see the opposition for once being a team that struggled to take their chances and then letting us take full advantage of that in the end. That really was it, wasn't it, Kev? Because in that first half, Pompey, yeah, started the game off relatively well. First sort of five, ten minutes, had a few chances, came out, out, out of the blocks really firing. But there was a sort of 20-minute period, a bit of a lull in the game where Reading probably deserved to go one, two goals up. And Pompey, very fortuitous, they didn't concede. Yeah, yeah, we certainly read our luck in that first 20 minutes. Um, but then when you when you do ride your luck like that, you think you start to think even more that the name is on the... Uh, up the top of the league, so um, I was pleased that we, you know, we, we did weather that storm early on because you know they wanted to prove a point. They had a lot of fans there, nearly two thousand, I think, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. But uh, as I say, we turned it around and uh, scored at the right time. One thousand nine hundred eighty-five Reading fans at fans at Fratton Park on Saturday at, in a at cum- the start. At the, at the start, yeah, <laughs> not, not maybe towards the final twenty minutes or so. Um, an accumulative uh, attendance of twenty thousand one hundred thirteen. Yeah. George, um, yeah, breaking that twenty k barrier. Um, uh, superb um, fr- from Pompey fans, of course, and the Reading fans will give them a bit of credit, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but also the work that's gone on behind the scenes, Andy Cullen, the owners as well, uh, to put that investment into the Milton End. We'll talk more about it later on because we're actually going to hear from Michael Eisner himself but what an achievement that is to get the highest crowd at Fratton since December 2009 Yeah and it really, te- you can tell with the atmosphere as well, it just elevates it that little bit more, Fratton Park's a dangerous place to go anyway for any team but having 20 plus, uh, plus thousand there regardless of the amount of away fans it makes it even more of a dangerous place to go I think does indeed right we're going to get more reaction from both Kev and George as well as you guys tuning in back home as well in just a few moments time but now it's time to hear from the skipper Marlon Pack on the score sheet on Saturday he was speaking after the game to Max Swatton Marlon how much did you enjoy that one yeah I mean eventually in the end I think it took us a while to figure them out I think they started really brightly I wouldn't say we started slow but um, I spoke about it during the week post Cambridge that they're a side in real good momentum and um, they've really created a real togetherness and not just because of probably what's happened off the pitch but they show what a good side they are so um, when we got to grips with it and I think we were more on the front foot um, you see we were very clinical in the moments that, that counted and another another game done another three points ticked off and it's uh, yeah it's, it's on to the next one. How important was it to get that goal as half-time was approaching in the first half? Yeah, I think it always probably, um, in regards to the half-time team talk, it changed it a little bit. In regards for us as a group, it gives us a bit of a relief and for the opposition, it probably dampens their spirits a little bit, even though they probably were the better team in in the first half. So, yeah, I think it's that. It already gives you something to hold on to, but you see us as a group, I don't think we like to hold on to anything. I think it's dangerous. Um, We're at our best when we're on the front foot playing that attack and front foot football. So... I think I'm more impressed with how we start the second half and how we put the game to bed quite early. What was said at half-time in order to spark such such a quick reaction in the second half? More to do how we're going to set up in, in their press. Um, at times we're a little bit too slow to react, and so it was more about being a bit more aggressive on the front foot because early, uh, there were signs in the first half when we when we were on top of them and when we did nick the ball back. Paddy's goal was one, um, and then Paddy had the second chance as well. I think um, that's when we could be a real threat, and I think as a team we do that really well. So it was more about being a bit more aggressive, being a bit more on the front foot, and then obviously making those opportunities count. No waiting around for you. A goal for you after the restart. Talk us through it. Yeah, I mean, I've been 
there's been a few opportunities this season where just trying to offer Ab some support is, is one that can go both ways. So as a centre midfielder in the position, and, and against that Redden side, they were, they were quite good on the transition and the counter attack. It was it was kind of picking the moments to they make the box. Um, yeah, it was it was a bit of a slow drag, which I got my locker and, and yeah, just found the corner. So I think that was a great time of the goal just to start. We were talking about starting well, starting the second half really well off the back of a, a positive end to the first half. And do you want to talk us through the celebration? Yeah, um, I'm not sure the missus would be too happy, cause, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Fortunately, the missus is pregnant, so baby number three on the way. Going to need another another ticket for <laughs> for my added collection. So yeah, really happy, and it was just a nice little touch for more for my boy. He's uh, he's massive on celebration, so it's more for him than, than anyone else. Well, many congratulations from Thank us you. all. I know you've been waiting for a long time to do the fist bumps at the front end. Yeah. No, how good was it to do them today? Yeah, I, I mean, do you know what? I love that. But I think as a group, we try to maintain a little bit level-headed. So I think the fans deserve something, um, something back. I was trying to be stubborn and, and not do it, but it would be nice to do it kind of at the end of the season when it really matters. But... Um, and do it as a group. So I know it's becoming a thing a little bit more. I think I think the key is for us to continue winning and, and get the gaffer on it. <laughs> How nice is it today and, and in the last couple of weeks we've, we've had the, the luxury of, of being able to see out games comfortably? Yeah, and I think that's what we spoke about all season. I think we've got real attack and threat in our team. Um, you see with the... the the people that come in in, in January, um, Laney's had a real positive start in, in, in regards to goal return. Paddy and Abs have been fantastic all season, and, and I know Abs didn't score today, but he provided three assists. And, and, and obviously with Colby and, and Cass, we've got um, two strikers that can score goals. So to be able to do that, I think of course it makes it a lot better for us, especially with even in regards to the numbers we have at the minute. It's you can see the game out and be a little bit more cautious. I was on a booking, a few lads on the booking, so you can play a little bit safer and see the game out. And then it was the same on Tuesday, if I'm going to be honest. Once we went to three-one, it was kind of for me staying, um, you know, in in possession, and out of possession, staying in position and kind of saving your legs for the next one. More than 20,000 in front and part today. How much did you thrive off their energy? I think it's a fantastic atmosphere with, you know, and credit to the Redden fans. I know it's not a long journey, but I think they 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 added to that as well. And that's what you want at Fratton Park, doesn't it? Um, the more we can get in here, the better. The more they're going to spur us on to, to the end of the season to help us achieve what we want to achieve. Marlon Pack there speaking to Max Swatton after the game on Saturday afternoon. And Kev, you can get the, the kind of vibe from, from Marlon Pack. He, he gets the football club, he gets the spirit of the team and the city as well. And of course, he's a Pompey boy through and through. And you could see the emotion that was running through his face uh, on Saturday when he got the goal in the post-match celebrations as well. Promotion to anyone would be fantastic, but more more so probably for him to captain the side as well. Oh, absolutely. It'll mean a great deal to him. And uh, he, is, he is wearing the armband yeah, really well and I always said that he's so more effective in the top half of the pitch you know when he was sort of playing a quarterback role last season and the beginning of this and it was so frustrating his little precision passes but they weren't creating chances yeah. Um, but he's doing so much more at the top of the field and took his goal brilliantly. Mm. Linda Mell has got in touch on the email saying, well, where do you start to sum up Saturday's match? Anyone who was watching the first half an hour would not have predicted Pompey winning 4-1. The defence stood firm and kept us in the game before Paddy Lane scored the first goal and that changed the match. It is hard to pick out man of the match. There are so many who could have uh, had it. Raggett has come back into the team and not let us down. Then you come onto the midfield, pack outstanding, Moxon too, who grew into the game as it went on. Then in attack, Kamara outstanding 
standing, Lane and Lane both finding the net. And then, of course, you have Colby Bishop, who now doesn't have all of the pre pressure on him to score goals. We have other players to help in that department. Uh, difficult to call man of the match, I'll say, in defence, midfield and attack all-around team performance. Also, thank you to the Eisners for running this club properly, giving the ground a massive improvement and backing on the field player at Pompey. The thoughts there of uh, Linda Mail on the emails. And, yeah, just want to touch upon... Uh, George, before we do head into the first ad break of tonight's show, the defensive stout from Pompey in that first half. We're going to come on to talk about the goals as they happened in part two, but Connor Shocknessy and Sean Raggett just mopping up at the back every single time, pretty much, that the Reading came forward, and real testament to those two as to why Pompey didn't find themselves a goal behind. Yeah, absolutely. When you consider sort of the defensive struggles with injuries as well, not to mention anyone's names, but to have those two sort of working together as well as they are... Hmm knowing that Raggett may not be in the starting lineup if it wasn't for the injuries. I think it's testament to him as well to show you his character because there's been a couple of times this season where he's found himself not starting where he's been playing well. Yeah. And yeah, just to be able to come back in, put that all behind him and play as well as he has. It's Yeah, it just looks good. It looks tight. Does indeed. More thoughts from both uh, Kev and George when the footballer returns in just a few moments' time. We're also going to hear from head coach John Massinho and a relieved John Massinho after a frantic first half at PO4 on Saturday. For large parts of the first half, I thought Reading were excellent and caused us quite a few problems. And probably a bit fortunate, I think, to not concede a goal earlier on. They had a couple of really good chances. But once we got to grips with the game, uh, particularly with the way that we were pressing, we, we changed a couple of things after about half an hour. I thought we then sort of stepped on ourselves and, and put everything together pretty well. Stick around the football hour returns in just a few moments' time. For the fans, by the fans, the football hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Go by bus, go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Good evening, welcome back to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM. You join myself, Jake Smith, in the company of Kev Stokes and George Wedlake up until 7 o'clock this evening, which is when Jeff Dorsett returns with another fantastic edition of the Soft Rock Show. But between now and then, we're going to hear from the likes of John Massinio, Eric, uh, Michael Eisner, in fact, and Kim Stenning talking about yesterday's emphatic victory for the Pompey women at home to Chatham Town. But we uh, continue first and foremost by uh, continuing to go through the the events of Saturday's game at Fratton Park. And we'll come on to talk about uh, the goals now. Um, Kev will start off, of course, with the, the opener of the match. Paddy Lane scoring in the 36th minute, hammering home from the left-hand side. Great bit of work in the middle from Abu Kamara. Um, David Button, a red and goalkeeper, got a bit of a touch on it, but it was ultimately too powerful for him. And uh, Paddy Lane opened the scoring. Great goal and uh, decent celebration afterwards too. Yeah, Mr. Inform, Mr. Confident. Um, that showed, you know, he took a touch and drilled it left foot. Um, you're always told to go across the keeper. He went near post and uh, probably caught the keeper out in that way, but uh, it went in like a bullet. 
And uh, yeah, classy celebration. He was uh, he was chuffed a bit, wasn't he? And, yeah. uh, and they all came and joined in. I, th- I don't think <laughs> Norris made it, but uh, most of them did. <laughs> yes. And um, a bit of work from Abu Kamara in the build-up to that, George, to keep the, the chance alive. Um, maybe at one stage you thought that an extra touch and maybe you shouldn't have done that, but uh, ultimately a perfectly weighted ball through to Paddy Lane. And we will talk about the other goals later on, but... You can't really ignore the elephant in the room. Abu Kamara, three assists on Saturday. Um, not quite the hat-trick many players would dream of, but it's one that has been welcomed far and wide if you're a Pompey fan. It's a superb achievement. Yeah, he's turning into some player, isn't he? Mm. I think he's finally starting to realise how fast he is compared mm. to some of these League One defenders. He just seems to have opened up this new portal and he's <laughs> yeah, completely on fire. But the way he's managing to find Paddy Lane in that position... Week in, week out now, there's definitely something there that they've tapped into, for sure. Yeah. He sort of glides past, doesn't he? Mm. You know? I mean, he has got a burst of pace, but he, he drifts and he takes the ball and he's, he's a lovely touch. No, he's a good footballer to watch. Do you think some of that is down to aerodynamics, Kev? Because obviously he came to Pompey in the summer with that big afro. <laughs> Streamline yeah. didn't help me. <laughs> he started really well, but but since then he has found that bit of energy. And we're going to hear from John Massino in a, in a moment. He, but again, he, it's a confidence thing. Isn't it, it is. You yeah, know, if he's yeah. making goals like that and he's being lauded by the by the boss on you know in the, after the match, you know he's going to be you know six foot five tall, isn't he? So. Um, yeah, good luck to him. And the goals we mentioned in part one, George came at a good time for Pompey after being under the cosh a little bit from the visiting Royals. They took the lead and from that point forward, it was relative cruise control from Pompey, particularly in the second half. Yeah, and it's great to see us now doing that because we've been you know, facing a little bit of crit- criticism and maybe that's fair throughout the season of maybe not taking as many chances as we should and games being tighter than they should. But you look at the amount we've scored over the past few games compared to that phase of the season. We've yeah, yeah started to really switch it on there now going into attack and just yeah before we come on to talk about the rest of the goals just on what George is saying there Pompey now goal difference of plus 28 Derby County plus 29 Bolton plus 25 Barnsley 22 and Peterborough they dropped down a bit on 19 Uh, Pompey's last four games of course four consecutive wins a 4-1 victory on Saturday 3-1 last Tuesday one little away at Carlisle and that 4-1 victory over Carlisle so Kev yeah Pompey really are starting to find their their shooting boots and extend their goal differential as well yes they are and um, am I right the, the last seven goals seven different goal scorers oh you put me on the spot <laughs> three against Cambridge wasn't it was it uh, Yingi yep MPH and Kamara yes and then yeah you're Lane right and the other three um, absolutely seven that's good sharing the goals around as well that's like you say start. taking the pressure off Bishop yeah um, but when you can see goals coming from midfield now it's a, it's a good thing that's a good sign when you've got a, a goal scorer there with 16 league goals this mm. season and they're being shared throughout the team as well you know you're doing something right exactly yeah, chances across the across the pitch too. What yeah. a phenomenal stat! I'd not seen that mm. anywhere. Write weekend. it down. Just came in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew there was a reason that we got. Uh, okay. Jake will tweet that now and take all the credit. <laughs> <Yeah>. You watch. <laughs> no chance. At Jake Pompey Smith on X. Uh, right, we're going to go through the rest of the goals and come on to the second half play in just a few moments' time. But it is now time, uh, first of all, to hear the post-match thoughts of a jubilant John Massinio. He spoke again to Max Swatton, who first asked for his assessment. Really, really pleased with the win. Obviously disappointed we conceded the goal late. A, a difficult game, I think, to summarise because. Because for large parts of the first half, I thought Reading were excellent and caused us quite a few problems. And probably a bit fortunate, I think, to not concede a goal earlier on. They had a couple of really good chances. But once we got to grips with the game, uh, particularly with the way that we were pressing, we, we changed a couple of things after about half an hour. I thought we, we then sort of stepped on ourselves and, and put everything together pretty well. And in the second half, we knew it was going to become about become a lot more open. Uh, I thought Reading went a bit more direct. And then it was about picking up second balls and attacking from there. And, and we did it really well and put the ball in the back of the net four times. So really pleased with that. Uh, over 
overall and at this stage of the season it's all about winning. How did you overcome those challenges in the first half? We just changed the way we pressed, that was the first thing. So I, my, my talk to the lads at half-time was that 50% will take on board because uh, we had to tactically change what we were doing. And then 50%, I thought, despite it, it didn't matter which way you, we, you press, uh, we weren't organised enough in behind the ball. We lost too many challenges, we lost too many second balls. I thought Reading showed a lot of energy, they came out with a lot of purpose. And once we sorted ourselves out there, because we started picking second balls up, because we started winning challenges and playing forward, we looked a lot better side in the second half. How crucial was the timing of that first goal? It was really important, I think, in terms of just giving us a lift. The, the crowd had, had stayed with us through the through the first half when we were patchy and we weren't great, so I thought it gave everyone a, a really big lift and gave us a real sort of boost into half-time. And obviously after that, Reading had to play slightly differently, I think, and had to really come at us. Not that they didn't in the first half, but maybe they were slightly more open. And then being more open, I think, left them slightly more exposed at the back and we managed to take advantage of that. What do you think sparked such a quick and ruthless second-half performance? I think the lads just took a minute in the dressing room to get hold of themselves. It was a, a pretty calm dressing room today because we just needed to change a couple of things or tweak a couple of things uh, tactically. And to be honest, I, I actually think I think Reading were a good side. What I said before the, the game um, wouldn't change. I think they were a really good side who have, have overcome quite a lot of adversity off the pitch and they've got some really, really good players there who we saw on display today. So I think that the, the lads have just sort of got hold of themselves. They grew into the game. Um, I think making his full debut, somebody like Mox grew into the game as, as the game went on and, um, and developed, and a few of the lads uh, did exactly the same. So that's what we saw in the second half, and I was really pleased. Someone who kept their place from Tuesday and built on his performance from Tuesday, Abu Kamara, three assists for him today. What do you make of his performance? Well, I thought that the, the things that would only ever frustrate us with with Abu and the reason I'm, I'm on him all the time is because of what we, we saw today. If he doesn't get his man and I think if he plays a bit safe then we see an Abu Kamara who um, you know, I, I try and encourage to be a bit more positive with and I've been like that obviously privately and publicly with him since he stepped into the building because of how much ability he's got and we saw that again today so really pleased with Abs when he gets at players like he did for the first goal he can glide past them physically he's great, technically he's great his work rate is, is right up there and set Paddy up really nicely unselfishly and obviously for the other goals as well for the second and third goal I thought um, some you know really good play there and unselfish as well so really pleased for him. How nice is it to have the luxury of being able to see the game out you know by three goals in the end? Yeah that was it was nice obviously it was nice that we we were a bit more comfortable with the third goal and obviously the fourth goal late on uh, we were going to uh, possibly make those changes anyway so the fourth goal I think made it ultra comfortable we were disappointed I think to concede the goal I think as we have been recently we're like when we did it against Northampton it would have been much better to have won the game 4-0 obviously but I think my I'm less concerned about conceding that goal late on I'm, I'm more concerned probably about the fact that maybe we we could have been a goal down after um, 15 20 25 minutes so um, ultimately we've won the game. Game, won the game comfortably, so I can't grumble too much. Impact of your subs as well. How important was that in sort of you know, being able to, to see the game up? I think really important. We we obviously brought Paddy off first, put Christian in there for uh, to have that energy as, as a ten and do what we know Christian can do. And I think he showed that in um, in patches and in glimpses. We difficult for him, I think, coming back on having not been in the squad on Tuesday night. So coming into the side and and obviously um, having to make an impact, which I think he did actually, and he lifted the crowd. And and then yeah, to make that triple change at the end, three really really good players coming on for um, three really good players that are coming off. It's it's very nice to have that strength and depth. Fratton Park absolutely bouncing at points today. 
a record attendance of more than 20,000 fans. How much of a privilege is it for you to be able to stand there in the dugout behind all of that noise and fans who are really driving that performance? Yeah, it's a massive privilege for myself, the, the coaching staff and obviously the players as well. There were times I thought in the first half where it was as loud as it's been at Fratton for a long time and, and thankfully uh, we, we were able to, to treat the, the fans to a, a bit of a, sort of a goal-scoring display in the second half and, and then I think everybody could just sort of relax and enjoy it towards the last, for the last 20, 20 minutes. So I think first off, record attendance is amazing to, to have that. The, um, the crowd have been brilliant all season and I think it's just a sign of hopefully things to come over the last 12 games. Yeah, John Bassino there speaking after the match on Saturday to Max Swatton. Back on to the rest of the goals then. And uh, it, it didn't take Pompey too long after the restart, Kev, to double their advantage. And that's kind of the response you needed after the half-time interval. They scored at a decent time before the break to make it 1-0 and then 2-0 four minutes into the second half. Marlon Pack with that cushioned effort past David Button for seconds of free assists for Abu Kamara on that right-hand side. And... Um, yeah, again, Marlon Pack, nice little finish. Not somebody who scores week in, week out, but when he does, they, they look pretty calm and composed. Don't they? Mm, yeah, when he does score, like you say, they are good goals. Um, but again, uh, Kamara there laying off to him and uh, didn't he do a little drag round, didn't he? And then put it in the, hit the side netting. That was a great yeah. finish. Yeah. Great celebration as well. Another yes, one. Yes, another babies <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, we heard from uh, Marlon Pack in his interview in part one. Um, his celebration included him uh, putting the match ball underneath his shirt uh, and then running to the corner of the south stand and the Fratton end, gesturing um, to, to suggest that he and his partner are having a baby, of which was confirmed on Instagram yesterday afternoon. So, uh, fantastic moment. Again, we spoke about Marlon Pack earlier, George, but great for him to... To do that, um, I'm sure that announcement was probably scheduled from the Marlon Pack family for this weekend, but um, just luck would have it, he got his goal and, and managed to do it his way. Yeah, he got in there early, didn't yeah. he? But what a way to announce it, yeah. a great goal at the Fratton end, you know, when the team were playing mm. so well. If you're going to announce a pregnancy, that's how you do it, isn't it? <laughs> That's how I'd love to do it. But yeah. I'm, just, I'm not quite there on the level of Marlon Pack to be able to get on the pitch at Fratton Park. I don't know, I've heard things, you're being harsh on yourself there. You're off to the press conference this week, aren't you? Uh, yes, I believe so. Can you so. have a word with John Massino? I'm available. Yeah, sure. We've got a few injuries, haven't we? I'll let him know. He doesn't listen to me, but yeah, I'll pass on any feedback I have. <laughs> I'll start to get up a treadmill on <laughs> Get the fitness up a bit. Uh, Will Chitty on X saying, we've changed the way we've played throughout the season. The first half was all about crossing. Jack Sparks, phenomenal uh, amount of assists and most goals from crosses. But now it's all about pace and skill from the wide players. Goals from multiple sources uh, is what Will has had to say on X. Um, Harvey Marks saying, Kamara absolutely unplayable at the moment sort of player we play against every year and wish we had someone like him not had a player like that in, in a long long time if only he was ours do well to have him in a Pompey shirt next season Norwich will be mental to let him go or he'll be higher up now Norwich are on the cusp of the playoffs in the championship um, Kev as a Pompey fan are you hoping that Norwich get promoted to the Premier League and allow Abu Kamara back on loan next season whether that's Pompey in League One or the Championship uh, well, as a Pompey fan, I'd like to like him to stay one way or the other. Whether we can coax them into selling him to us, or mm -hmm. yes, we get him back on loan. But no, he's, he's a great player to have in the in the team there, and uh, he's had a good season, hasn't he? You know, he's been pretty. I mean, I think he's only missed a couple of games, but um, but now he's, his work rate and his skill is is paying off with those assists, mm -hmm. and 
that goal he scored against Cambridge, I, th- oh, I said to you just now, actually, reminded me of Mares when he mm. cut in on his left foot and killed it over the keeper's head. Um, yeah, uh, well, let's hope Norwich forget about him when he stays with us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Tom Chappell, 4 0, written all over it, saying big win against a team well informed three weeks ago uh, before Northampton. I wanted us to win every game we had until Charlton, and that challenge has been completed. Pompey's fourth league double of the season, fourth win on the bounce two, 34 down, 12 to go, six at home, six away. This is the final straight believe says Tom Chappell uh, 4-0 written all over it on X and um, coming on to the third goal of the game then George Callum Lang adding the third in the 59th minute another assist for Abu Kamara feeding it through to Callum Lang and uh, Pompey had really caught Reading out of possession in midfield intercepting that really quickly taken three kick and it was a, a really um, efficient counter-attack from, from both Kamara and Lang yeah this counter-attacking seems to be another sort of tactic we're trying quite regularly at the moment it seems to be paying off because you remember uh, a few weeks ago when Lang scored at the Fratton end uh, sorry Lane scored at the Fratton yeah. end with a, an assist from Lang who won the ball from one of the, the Northampton free kicks and just bombed it to the other end of the pitch <laughs> squared it to Lang who put it in uh, it seems to be a really effective way and like you say it's that attacking pace that we're showing at the moment so many players being able to do that Lang being one of them this time being the goal scorer it's looking all right Looking very good. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, I, I haven't played it slowly. I, I, I didn't say so. <laughs> yeah, looking all right. Yeah. It's looking all right. PO4 Pompey stats. Uh, no one can doubt Owen Moxon's ability to deputise for Tom Lowry. He was el- uh, everywhere for Pompey on Saturday. Disrupted Reading's play and did the simple things really well. Showed a willingness to attack as well with decent one effort from uh, the edge of the area, but his energy really stood out for me. Uh, the thoughts on Owen Moxon from PO4 uh, Pompey stats. And on to the fourth and final goal, then Kev Colby Bishop tapping home. Um, I'd say tap. That's probably a misjustice uh, still had to get it for a, a couple of players um, goalkeeper Dave Button had dropped Joe Rafferty's cross under a bit of pressure from Connor Shocknessy and Colby Bishop being the potent attacker he is getting his um, 16th league goal of the season and um, and yeah he, all he had to do was put him in the back of the net um, first of all is it a free kick? Well uh, <laughs> I think You'd be day, calling it if it's ref. Will Norris. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, another day, another ref would have given it as a free kick, yeah. and you know, goalkeepers protected species and all that. But uh, he didn't give it. Shognessy got in, got in his way. Fell to Bishop, and he still had a bit to do. Yeah, and he mm. tucked it away. So yeah, good for him as well. It wasn't quite the tapping. You see the way he no. kind of adjusted <laughs> his body position just to kind yeah. of get it in at the near post. Yeah, around all the players. That it was quite a congested box at the time. Mm. It just goes to show you that 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 instinct he has in front of goal. Definitely up there with one of the best in League One for sure. And it's still about 15 yards out as well. Exactly, yeah. It was a really nice finish. And if you want somebody there, you know, sniffing around in the box is Bishop, isn't it? Absolutely. And we were talking last week, uh, George, about the the fact that Pompey on Tuesday night against Cambridge had the audacity to be 3-1 up and bring on Callum Lang and Colby Bishop Mm -hmm. off the bench to really flex the the attack and prowess that John Massino's got at his disposal. But on Saturday, Abu Kamara, Callum Lang and Colby Bishop came off uh, with four minutes to go at a triple sub for Gavin White, Josh Martin and Cassini Yengi. Um, We were talking off-air about the, the potential injury concerns for both Derby with James Collins Derby um, they, they are fearing his uh, current fitness state and um, also Bolton Wanderers with Dion Charles Pompey have got goals coming in from, from everywhere at the moment that stat from Kev earlier seven different goal scorers You're in the welcome. last seven goals <laughs> um, and Cassini Yenkin Colby Bishop both knowing where the back of the net is this is a really 
exciting time, Touchwood, with 12 games to go um, to be, and a great position to be in. Yeah, and we didn't even notice that Peter Harris wasn't in the squad that day, no. you know. Yeah, I mean, even when that's happening, I mean, as far as we know, that's just a slight little knock yes. and he'll be back before we know it. But usually previous seasons we lose a player like Piet Harris for example someone who's quite dangerous and can change games we feel it and we notice it but at the moment it's kind of one of those where we, we seem to have quite a lot of depth at the, that end of the pitch and for the purposes of time on tonight's show I did cut that out of John Massino's interview he did say Miles Piet Harris it was just a minor knock mm. and he hopes to have him back um, for next weekend's game at Charlton so yeah positive news for once uh, from uh, from the injury front for Pompey also Zach Swanson is uh, supposedly back in training this week according to John Massino um, and what he said after the Cambridge game last Tuesday night Tino Andrin also not far off either uh, Reading had um, pulled back a consolation goal on the 89th minute wasn't quite a 4-0 written all over it Kev was it from uh, from Pompey <laughs> on Saturday the Royals equalised through Charlie Savage he scored in both games against yeah. Pompey this season Pompey failed to clear from a corner bit of a frustrating one to concede particularly if you will Norris the defence as well wanting to keep that clean sheet so late on as well but ultimately in a luxurious position to have conceded that goal and it really mean absolutely nothing well yes um, yeah I'm sure Tom and uh, his uh, his gang there were pretty disappointed about it not being a 4-0 written all over it but uh, and Likewise, Norris and the back four were disappointed they didn't keep a clean sheet. But, uh, you know, these things happen. Charlie Savage, is, uh, he just scored in that first game up at uh, up at their place. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was a, a neat finish, but um, still 4-1, still looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and as uh, most of the Fratton Park where a crowd was singing to Ruben Sellers on the touchline on Saturday, <laughs> it's always 4-1 given his background and who he's managed over oh, the last God. couple of years. <laughs> Actually, pro- probably welcomed that goal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, ultimately, it's disappointing, isn't it, not to keep a clean sheet. But again, we didn't really notice it come the end with the celebrations. And to look at the amount of shots that Reading did have, especially in that early part of the game, they they had more than we did, yeah. you know. So you're going to take a 4-1 win, aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right, we're going to get the final thoughts of both Kev and George when the football hour returns in just a few moments' time. We're also going to hear from assistant manager of the Pompey women, uh, Kim Stenning, after a 7-0 win for the girls at home to Chatham Town in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division at Wesley Park yesterday afternoon. And we're also going to hear from chairman Michael Eisner speaking about the redevelopment of Fratton Park being back on the south coast for success of both the men's and the women's team and also the magnificent support of the Blues fans this season. Well, we knew when we became involved with uh, Pompey that the fans were fantastic. Historically, this is a city that is really in love with the football team way, way before I was here. It always helps to win, uh, but our fans are pretty loyal, or very loyal, even when you're not winning. Stay tuned to 93.7 Express FM. The Footblower reaches its conclusion next. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans. 
The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, local radio in Portsmouth. So far this evening, myself, Kev Stokes and George Wedlake have got over the action of Saturday's 4-1 victory for Pompey's men at home to Reading. But now we move on to talk about the Portsmouth women who were 7-0 victors over Chatham Town at Wesley Park yesterday afternoon. The Blues are now six points clear at the top of the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division and hashtag United uh, with 36 points below them in second position no longer have any games in hand on Pompey. That now means seven games to go, four of which are at home for Jay Sadler's side, who unfortunately wasn't in attendance at Wesley Park yesterday afternoon. But one person who can tell us all about the game is assistant boss Kim Stenning. She spoke after the game to Max Watton. Well, Kim, what did you make of today's performance and result? Uh, I think it was a really good performance. I think the first half, first 20 minutes is, uh, in particular, we could have had a couple of goals. Um, I think the goal g- gave us a bit of stability. We started moving the ball a bit better, um, started switching players and isolating players, and, and the goals just kept coming. We were really ruthless in front of goal. Um, second half, we, we gave some direction at half-time, which the players took on board, and we started to see that in the, in the second half, which is really promising. The performance was really good. Two goals at the start and the end of the second half. What did you say at the break? To, what, what was your sort of approach? going into that second period? I think it was, it was always just carry on, carry on what you've done, keep the intensity and keep pushing on. I think that's the thing that we wanted to do, didn't want the game to go dead and we wanted to make sure that we carried on that intensity ready to go into next week's game as well. It's something that we pride ourselves on is that intensity in the game. Looking back at the start of the match, what did you say to the players beforehand? What was their sort of final, final speech in the dressing room to spark such a, a brilliant first half? I think it was just... Complete our game plan. We've done it all week. Um, just stay to our normal game and make sure that we go out. Intensity needs to be high for the first 15 minutes. Then we relax on the ball, find those spaces and trust each other and making sure that when we come in at half-time, we're proud of our performance. And how pleased are you with sort of how you, the players, staff reacted to, to Jay not being there? What does it say about the, the team we've got here? I think it was, it's a really special moment for the club um, this day as well today. And I think all the staff took on their roles and responsibilities really well. It was like um, Jay was here, so we made sure that everything stayed the same and the players didn't have any, any different, different roles to when he is here. So it was, it was perfect, really. Seven goals, a clean sheet, plenty of positive to take. Is there anything that you think to improve on there? Um, that's probably one of my things is that being a harshest critic. I think we could have moved the ball a bit quicker and we could have switched play a bit better. But again, that's something we take to the training ground ready for next week and we work hard and get ready for the next game. Just want to mention T, she came off the bench late on to score on her return from, from loan. You must be really pleased for her. Yeah, really, really pleased for her. Well, as soon as she came on, she, she drove at players. She'd done everything she asked for and she got a goal, which was well-deserved. So really well done. And she took on one of the things for me is for confidence and taking on players for T. And since she's come back here, she's really grown and had that intensity to do that. So really good. And I just want to mention as well, goals coming from all over the place in terms of on the pitch. How how sort of satisfying is that for, for a coach? Yeah, it definitely is. I think all the training sessions that we've done on a Friday night with shooting with the midfielders, I think it's starting to pay off. But look at Ava, she scored four goals in two and Ali's coming up and Daisy as well, coming up to scratch with being at the club for a short amount of time. So it's just practising that on Friday nights, making sure that we can be clinical in front of goal and I think it worked today. 
Just finally, 918 supporters here today. How great was it to see them turn out in the numbers again? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Having that many supporters, you can hear them behind you, it's, it just gives a massive lift to, to us as staff and us as players as well. And I think we've made them proud today, scoring that many goals. And yeah, it was, it was really promising. Kim Stenning after yesterday's 7-0 rout for the Pompey women over Chatham Town. Lead to Rutherford on the score sheet. A brace uh, for both Ava Rowbottom and Sophie Quirk with uh, Emma Jones and Tierney Scott also adding to the... Uh, the injury to Chatham Town as Pompey, like I mentioned earlier, uh, maintained their position at the top of the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. No midweek game for the Pompey women this week. Their next match is a big one away at Newcastle United St James's Park, the venue, this Sunday for National League Cup semi-final action. We'll get a big preview of that match this coming Friday when the Football Hour returns with myself, Jake Smith, along, alongside director Eric Colborn and uh, avid fan Ian Chiverton be joining me on the Football Hour and uh, we'll also be revealing what we'll be doing at St James's Park on Sunday to cover that one. Right, on from Kim Stenning and on to the chairman of Portsmouth Football Club, Michael Eisner. He was back in town last week to watch Pompey's 3-1 win over Cambridge, Saturday's victory over Reading and yesterday's 7-0 victory for the Pompey women over Chatham Town. Max Swatton caught up with Michael Eisner asking how pleased he is to be back. It's great to be back in Fratton Park. It's great to be back in Portsmouth. You've had a look around the stadium. What do you make of Fratton Park now the Milton End work is complete? No, I walked the whole stadium. Um, it's never complete, but it's almost complete. Uh, it's great. It, 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 looked like, it looks like a completely newly developed old stadium with great roots. Uh, the Milton End is fabulous. The self-standing in the stadium looks like it's really working. The elevator for the disabled is uh, excellent, or for anybody who has a mobility problem that wants to go upstairs. Many more restrooms, both for men and women, more kiosks for getting instant beer, instant pie. The whole thing is uh, just uh, night and day from when we first came here. As well as the stadium, there's plenty of work being done at the training ground. For you, how important is it to invest in the facilities down there in order to create an elite environment for, for our players? It's important. It's important, one, to have the right facility. Finally, moving off those cabins that are about to fall apart. But also, it's important for the players, the first team players, uh, to have a real place. And I think it's important for anybody you're trying to recruit. It comes, you know, we're, we're, we're really concentrating on these transfer windows and when you bring a player in, whether it's a, a lone player or a player to permanently be with us, uh, to see a decent training ground, nice facilities, nice gym, great medical, it's important. The men's team currently sit top of League One. You were in constant contact with John Messino and Rich Hughes during the January transfer window and funds were made available for them to strengthen the squad. How important was it to, to give them those funds to, in order for them to, to strengthen the squad for the second half of the season? Well, honestly, it's not about the funds and we're with them on Zoom calls and telephone calls often, but not, not daily. And the strategy of building for the future, as well as impressing uh, the need to do well in the present, we want to get promoted. But most of the conversation is about strategy, not about costs. If you have the right strategy, the right costs will follow. And I think last January's window uh, under Rich, last summer's strategy under Rich and John and this, Chris, this January strategy, I think uh, is proving us to be doing the right thing. Rich Hughes spends a lot of time uh, with his staff 
when everybody else is working on today, he's thinking about tomorrow. And I think today is paying, paying off because of that, that intense look at what is available, what do we need, what do we need for permanence, and what short-term loans would be effective without having a complete loaned squad. So yes, once we have a strategy, then the question is, does it fit into with our sustainability strategy? And the answer is yes. This particular window, we stretched a little to, to keep ourselves uh, up there in the top of the league. And we'll see. We have 13 more games. Fingers crossed. What's it been like watching and following the men's games so far this season from afar? Well, every season is exciting. You know, in L.A., if we're in L.A., it's 7 a.m. in the morning for 3 o'clock games. If we're in New York, it's at 10 o'clock. So it starts the weekend. We always are aiming to move up. We've been close. This year, it's been particularly strong. Uh, at the end of last season, the beginning of this season, all those wins, very few draws, almost no ties, I mean, no losses. You'd rather win than not. Pompey women are also sitting at the top of their league. What do you make of the progress they've currently made under their new era? Well, we've just really been in control, so to speak, uh, ownership and so forth with the women, I don't know, maybe a year. Uh, they're amazing. I mean, to be on the top of the league, both the men and the women, the whole women's football across the UK is different, has grown. Is, we see uh, a lot of little girls, little boys too, but a lot of little girls coming out. Uh, we see an effect on the local uh, Portsmouth uh, environment of girls getting interested, more girls trying out, is really healthy, finally. And they're good, which is good too. Brilliant. I just want to finish up on a question about the fans. Fratton Park has been selling out most weeks. Most of our away games have been selling out as well, including last Saturday where 1,800 Pompey fans made the 700-mile round trip to Carlisle. How great is it to see their support for John and his players? Well, we knew when we got, became involved with uh, Pompey that the fans were fantastic. Historically, this is a city that is really in love with uh, the football team way, way before I was here. It always helps to win, uh, but our fans are pretty loyal, or very loyal, even when you're not winning. So when you're winning, of course, everybody is very happy. You're in an elevator, the people say very nice things. And when you lose, except on social media, everybody is very polite. So having both the men and the women at the top of the table we should probably either pinch ourselves or write it on every wall or put it in every notebook, because how often does that happen? So I keep thinking about, I got to think about it. I got to keep thinking about they're both at the top, because that's rare. And we don't know what's going to happen, you know, the next month or two, but it's looking pretty good. It is looking pretty good, isn't it, Kev Stokes? The new Milton ends with the Pompey fans in it as well, season ticket holders in that away end, and the noise we saw generated on Saturday. It's a really exciting time to be in Fratton Park. It is. It does look very good. Um, aesthetically, inside and out, with the mock Tudor entrances. Uh, I did sit in the, um, or safe stood, in the mm. Wimbledon game where we got stuff five. Something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, not going to be a lucky place for me. Uh, no. I'll stick to the North Upper. <laughs> yeah, don't go there again. Please go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also highlighted by Michael Eisner. Great to see him back in, in the country watching both Pompey's men and women, George. But a, a really successful season for both teams. Both sides, top of their respective divisions. Both teams looking to get promotion to their respective championships. And 
hopefully touch wood we can keep on uh, on top of this until now <laughs> the end of the campaign for both teams yeah as Eisner says how often does this happen pinch yourself write it down in every notebook it's a good quote and it really is testament to the work they're doing the ground looks good the training ground looks good both teams are top of the table yeah. indeed they are long may it continue uh, George Wedlake it's been a pleasure as always to have you on the football hour this evening I'm sure we'll speak again very very soon thank you for having me and uh, Kev Stokes also great to have you on the show and you'll be on later this evening with that 80 show as well thank you Jake nice to see you again yes We'll be on tonight, 9 till 11. Um, we got the best indie alternative post-punk scar and new wave tracks from the 1980s. Brilliant stuff. Do stick around for that 80 show with Kev Stokes uh, this evening from 9 o'clock. Right, I'll be back with Eric Colborn and Ian Chiverton when the Football Hour returns this Friday. And we've got a massive weekend of Pompey action to look forward to. A double bill of Pompey Live coming up. Here we go. Pompey Live. Portsmouth men, seven unbeaten and still top of League One. Chance for Lane in the box, shoots, into the net, and Paddy Lane has scored! The trip to Charlton Athletic on Saturday and then a long journey up to St James's Park on Sunday for the Pompey women. Onto the left boot of Sophie Quirk, and she's found the back of the net for the second time. Fantastically done. She is lighting up the Women's National League. Join us for another exciting Pompey Live weekender this Saturday from 2 and Sunday from 1 here on Express FM. Every kick, every goal, every game is right here on Express FM. Pompey Live. With Aquacars. That's right, really excited to be able to say that we've got a big Pompey Live weekend coming up this Saturday and Sunday, starting off with the trip to the Valley for Portsmouth men in League One, Pompey away at Charlton Athletic in League One, and then Sunday's trip for the Portsmouth women away at Newcastle United in the National League Cup semi-final. St James's Park, the venue, will have full kick-by-kick commentary of that match here on Express FM, build-up starting from St James's Park from one o'clock. Join us here on the Football Hour for the next instalment of the show this Friday I'll be joined by Eric Colborn and Ian Chiverton to preview both of those games and will also tell you how you can win four tickets to go and see a WSL game this season. Stick around to the Express FM social channels and tune into the Football Hour on Friday to hear how you can get your hands on those four tickets to go and watch Chelsea versus Arsenal in the WSL. But until then, Blues fans, it's been a pleasure to have you listen to the show this evening. Jeff Dorsett is up next with The Soft Rock Show. Take care and good night.